All right, welcome back to episode 13 of Two Knicks Talk Sports. Um, NFL Wild Card Weekend upcoming. A uh, ton of stuff going on in sports. We were last on before New Year's. I think right after Christmas was our last episode. So Happy New Year to everyone that's listening. Happy New Year, Nick. Happy New Year. Um, we got a ton to cover. And kind of a list here that I have, some Celtics, uh, PC hopping into the top 25 with some big wins, um, obviously what happened on Monday Night Football with Demar Hamlin, um, NFL Wild Card Weekend, so uh, yeah, a big list over here, um, anything uh, before we get started? No man, I'm excited to be here as always, uh, sports are getting juicy right now, about to be postseason for, the, uh, for football, um, we're in, you know, um, Big East play for PC, so it's fantastic and we're red hot and you know um good stuff for the celtics still so let's go awesome time for sports right now awesome awesome time for sports mlb hot stove is uh is heating up stuff that we're not going to cover but um being a big baseball fan there's a ton of stuff going on there um but we're going to start with the nba uh celtics are still the top dog and there's been a bunch of happenings between rob williams coming back um tatum and brown still both on fire um all-star voting and uh and a ton of stuff since we've touched last on them but um looking at their game right now they're actually playing it seems like they play every time we we do a podcast but um they're midway through their game with the pelicans right now but uh thoughts ideas subjects on the celts as of now um i mean again we talked about this last pod and i'm gonna go back to it right now and it's robert williams i mean he's now you know potentially gonna be put back in the starting lineup um he's just a big cog to our success both not only defensively but also uh offensively because he spreads the floor he's good you know at lobs he's very good at the free throw line um i'm just excited because he just brings a different dynamic to our team the other night he had an insane block on the three-point line and tracked it down put in like a ridiculous finger roll layup it was just just shows that he has touch he's just not a guy that just blocks shots and um just awesome to see and the jays are just they're just ridiculous so um, uh so williams has been back for 10 games only one start and he's averaging about 19 well 20 minutes a game right now Eight points, eight rebounds in 20 minutes is really good numbers. But uh, they're easing him back in. Which but he's, like. looked, he's looked good. Yeah. And their defense has been different since he came back. Um, I think, obviously, once he gets back into the starting role, they'll be even better. And once he gets back up to... And who knows if they even ramp him back up to, you know, 28 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game before the playoffs. I would assume, you know, towards the end of the season they'll do that. But he obviously changes... Uh, changes things for them um and then to touch on your topic about tatum and brown uh they've both just been both been awesome i mean right now tatum's at 31 a game brown's at 27 a game uh they're both rebounding the ball i i'm almost positive they're both career highs in uh in rebounds and definitely in points for both of them so that i mean for both of them to have career years at the same time is is really really good sign for them. Yeah, I mean it's just you know we talked about it you know uh, before we got on air and it's just every time that I happen to like check the box score if I'm not actually physically watching the game, it just seems like those two players just 
consistently have ridiculous amount of points. It, I mean, lopsided to the rest of the team, as should be. You have your superstars and you lean on them. But to be able to produce night in and night out at a high level and a high, you know, effective rate is just, it's just awesome. Um, and it's just not one of them. It's usually both of them. Um, we talked about in the beginning of the year, you know, they were kind of one was having the game and the other wasn't. And then they clicked and, you know, they've had very few games where they haven't now. And that's awesome. I mean, we did have in the last 10 games of seven and three, we did have a really off night, you know, against the thunder. Um, you said, you know, uh, you were really worried about, as far as like totality of the NBA, the Nuggets being our main focus and Jokic and how we defend them. And they got a, they got a loss, you know, against them. And that, that stung a little bit, but we did have big wins, you know, against the Clippers. We had, you know, um, uh, a win against the Bulls, I think two days ago, which they beat us the last time I think we played. So that was a good win. We dominated the Mavericks again, which is awesome. Um, Spurs, you know, a below average team, but still uh, good to get a W, not playing down to the competition. And we're leading against the Pelicans right now, and I think they're a top four team in the West. So, um, I mean, just rolling, man. I feel like they've been playing better against the top teams than they were last year. Last year, I feel like they they played – they played up to their competition and down to the competition last year, but I feel like they definitely in the beginning of the year they struggled with the top teams. Obviously, they had a shitty begin to the beginning to the season last year. This season way different than that. But um, I feel like when they're playing the top teams this year, outside of the Denver game, they they I just feel like they're going to struggle with Jokic. I don't know why they just I don't think they have someone that can guard him. Um, but outside of him outside of Denver, they've played really well against the top teams, obviously Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn on the East, and then the top teams when they're playing them on the West too. Yeah, just one quick thing I do want to add that I actually uh, love is is the maturity factor, you know, and accountability. And I'm big, I'm big time on those two things, and we got absolutely mollywopped by the Thunder. I mean, uh, they were out uh alexander i think and Mm -hmm. they still whooped us 150 to 117 pretty bad loss and i watched that game you know i will give it to the thunder they were shooting the lights out but we just didn't come to play and jalen brown took like accountability and was like you know we can't pick and choose what nights we're going to show up and you know we need to the very next game was the mavericks and he went to the coach and was like i want to guard luca and he it said it got smart going got the team going and we dominated them not to say that you know luca's always going to get his but to have a a young superstar you know take the accountability for a loss you know single-handedly but also calling out the team and then you know wanting to d up probably the best player in the world, you know, the very next week, uh, next game, I should say. And, you know, getting a pretty lopsided victory was, yeah, they shut him down. It's good. I mean, he, he had good, I can't say he had good numbers. He had like below average numbers for him, but he, he didn't have a great game at all. Um, and then the OKC game, I forgot, I think I was watching the beginning of that game and they talked to Missoula beforehand and he was talking about how, um, Alexander got, deemed out for the game and Missoula said oh it changes nothing for us you know our defensive assignments stay the same blah 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 and then I forgot who it was I want to say it was either Brown or Smart said when they found out that he was going to be out they they took a deep they kind of like took a deep breath and were like oh well our game plan changed type of thing you know like the game plan that they had was going to change so in my mind if you're playing you know even if you're playing at the YMCA it doesn't matter if you play up against a team and their number one guy is out, you're automatically just going to take a step back and be like, all right, we're going to whoop this team. Okay. And that's what happened. you know. And they and go up for They it. mailed it in, 
and OKC came out and just started hitting shots, and then Celtics couldn't catch up. So yeah. I'm just going to write that off as a bad night. Um, I don't think that would. But I like how we responded. You know, three, you know, three wins in a row. Now we'll win again. You know, potentially going on a four-game winning streak, which kind of brings us to the next thing. We we're you know uh, it's January. Uh, we have the All-Star game. You know, um, you know, uh, looming, and you know now the votes are, are starting to pile up, and you know we have a couple players that are will make the All-Star team, and then hopefully, you know, um, by fan vote they will get into the starting lineup uh, right now uh, Tatum and Brown are fourth at their respectable uh, positions which puts them out of the sign lineup however uh, Nick you wanted to cover you know uh, Kevin Durant um, and the Brooklyn Nets had been red hot however he was went down recently with a knee injury um, they said it was a sprain MCL sprain he'll be out for a little bit but uh, with that being said, he'll probably have to sit in the All-Star game, meaning Tatum should start, um, even though he probably should have started to begin with. But what are your thoughts on that and uh, the Durant situation? Yeah, kind of twofold, I, I think, to stay on the All-Star side of things. Obviously, Tatum takes his starting position if he wasn't going to overtake him from a voting standpoint anyways. But um, Giannis, Embiid, and Tatum should start. And w- then we went back and forth on the, the backcourt. You know, Harden, Kyrie, Jalen Brown... Uh, Halliburton, you know, Donovan Mitchell, all those type of guys are all kind of battling for two starting spots. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think Brown is less of a household name, so he's not going to get the fan vote as much because obviously people are just going to vote for Kyrie and Harden and, you know, Halliburton's not going to get votes. Brown's probably not going to get the votes, and that's kind of the way it's going to go. I think Mitchell will end up starting with Kyrie, the way the votes, I haven't looked at it, but the way the votes are going to pan out. Which, you know, it is what it is. Um, Kyrie was going to get, you know, released and then, you know, stoned in the middle of Manhattan a month and a half ago. And now all of a sudden all is forgiven and he's getting, you know, a start in the All-Star game, which is neither here nor there. We're not going to cover politics on this podcast. But with that being said, it's just a bit ridiculous how he went from like the most hated person alive for a month and then everyone forgot about it. Um to the NBA side of things, though, Durant getting injured, Brooklyn was red hot. Like, I Brooklyn mean, they were the hottest team in the league. The best team in the league for a 15-game stretch or something along those lines. Durant was playing MVP caliber. I think he's shooting like 56 57% or something like that. With the usage he has, is absolutely insane. Kyrie was back putting up really, really good numbers. I want to say he's at like 27 a game, 26-27 a game. Um, pretty good splits on his shooting as well. I mean, they're they're rolling. I don't know what Ben Simmons is doing. I have absolutely no idea. I haven't watched a Brooklyn game um, when he's, like, gone off to every game that I've watched. He's kind of just, like, mediocre, eight points. Yeah, he's kind of the fodder, but, I mean, as a big guy that can pass. And he he still can do a lot of different things with the basketball. And I think now that you have those two other guys, he doesn't have to do those things. He just has to just play his game. And, you know, uh, I mean, they're 9-1 in the last 10. Um and the, yeah, they're uh, they're red hot. Their records right behind us, 27 and 13. And um, I think it is funny that you brought up that you know I don't want to go into politics either. Uh, but it is funny we you and I talk about this not in just basketball, just in life in general, but particularly sports. Like we live in the now. Everyone's like this player is the best player of all time. Like they just forget what happened a month ago, let alone a year ago, five years ago, oh, yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, those players are just an afterthought of how good they could be. I, don't get me wrong, there's, um, 
I've always thought that Kyrie's a ridiculous player. I mean, he can do things with the basketball that many people can. I just just don't like him. Um, but uh, we have their number. I'm not too worried about them. But I will say that having their best player go down changes everything and changes that dynamic. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're um, I don't think they're going to hang in the standings losing him for whatever three to four weeks something like that I don't think they're they're hanging in the standings anymore I mean Kyrie can do his best to to keep them there but again Simmons is essentially an afterthought at this point and you know Nick Claxton's good and he, he's um, been like one of their better players but I sure. mean, he, he, but now he's gonna have to take you know you're five, not or, five to seven yeah. shots more a game and that type of stuff um so it it, it sucks as a basketball fan because I like Durant and I like watching him, but from a Celtics standpoint, I'm happy because Brooklyn was on the come up there. Um, and then from an all-star standpoint, it would be nice to get Tatum, who's obviously in the MVP conversation. It would be nice to get him into the starting lineup. Um, I hope Brown gets in as well. I just, not being as big of a household name as Mitchell or Harden or Kyrie, those type of guys, I just don't think he'll even come close to getting the votes um he'll obviously get picked by the coaches i think he'll probably be probably even be like one of the first guys off the bench if not the first guy off the bench um but yeah i mean he's deserving of a spot as much as any of those other guys yeah i mean and we we talked about this before i i read it today and this isn't conf- this isn't confirmed but uh more likely than not that missoula is going to be the head coach of the all-star game which you know, yeah, I'm a as you all know, um, as listeners to this pod, I'm a Jalen Brown guy through and through. I just think he's ridiculous. I think he's underappreciated, um, and I do think he should start uh, based on our record and how good of a player he actually is compared to those other guards. However, I can't agree with Nick more. Um, he's behind those guys and you know the public vote he's probably fourth uh you know uh i i think that harden Kyrie, and mitchell are probably more of a household name than brown so um but as a player i think he will but you know when your head coach is the coach of the all-star team then that's the gentleman that's probably gonna get a decent amount of minutes so he he'll get burned and you know just him making it just means a lot because last year he got snubbed i think and that's a good thing and then on the flip side i just wanted to look up the ben simmons numbers right now he uh he has averages um 27 minutes a game he's averaging 7.7 points six assists and um how many boards here and 6.8 rebounds so not like horrendous and he's shooting 59 percent but he's not shooting the ball and probably just doing you know he's basically draymond green yeah exactly he's basically draymond he's the eastern version of draymond green at this point um except he's a max player and draymond (laughs) made 100 million he talks less though he he does he doesn't have maybe he does have a podcast i have no idea but um yeah i mean shout out ben simmons for getting his cash he got paid when he at the right time, that's for sure. I think he got paid like two hundred million. So, hey, God bless him. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll cover the Celts moving forward. I know they got some big games coming up as well, and then the All Star breaks uh, first, second week of February, something along those lines. So, we'll obviously, cover the voting going into that. I think they announced the starters like two weeks before or something along those lines, and then they announced the team shortly thereafter. So I'm sure we'll cover all that on here as well. Um, but kind of staying in the basketball world, we were going to hop over to PC for a little bit. Um, Number 19, baby. We are in uh, in in kind of uncharted territory as a, as a Providence College fan at this point. Um, I don't know if PC's had two seasons back-to-back as good as this in 
maybe ever yeah, at, at this point. I mean, hats off to Cooley. Um, you know, uh, me and not only Nick, but some other buddies, you know, I'm not a huge Cooley X and O's uh, guy, but as far as um, a motivator, a guy, a recruiter, a guy that just, you know, uh, all around just gets people to play hard and, you know, um, he formulates the correct team to fit his style, kudos to him, man. I mean, uh, Big East Coach of the Year uh, uh, last year, um, and he's probably in the running to do it again. Um, yes. Get, you know, getting pretty much all new starters uh, this year, and you know, um, you know, now we're killing it again. Uh, Fourteen and three, first place in the Big East. Um, just, Huge wins yeah. over Marquette and UConn. Yep. We're both ranked. A hundred percent, especially after starting out, you know, pretty bad back-to-back losses at Mohegan with Miami and St. Louis. You were like, oh, no, and then we lost to TCU, and you're like, dude, what's up? And then since then, we have been nothing but wins, um, you know, and it's just it's good to see. And, and not only, like, you know, we just played St. John's, and it was a, a tough fault win. It showed some resiliency, and other players that needed to step up did. Yep. However, um, before that, we were do- – I mean, we dominated UConn. Um, we didn't dominate Marquette. They're a, a well-coached team, and that was a battle, a gruesome battle, a um, couple overtimes. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I really – What was the game? Excited. What was the game before UConn, though? DePaul. DePaul. I mean, they dominated them too. Yeah, they dismantled. DePaul. You know, uh, which which is good. I mean, these are Big East teams. I mean, um, you know, De- Butler in be- you know uh, right before uh, DePaul, and we dominated them by well, twenty. Maybe it was well. the, maybe it was the Butler game where the first half they were up. Oh, they were just twenty seven or something uh, like that. Know, it was crazy. Even Seton Hall. I mean, you know, the score looks close, but pretty much like at no point in time did I think that they were going to beat us so um St. John's was a different thought they came to play you know played some you know uh very physical defense our our leading scorer and best player uh Bryce Hopkins you know couldn't get anything going and um someone that I was high on you know in the very beginning Noah Locke who has been dreadful shooting the ball he had a gigantic game and it's good for his confidence like you know Nick had said to me after the game and uh, we got a tough schedule coming up, man, and it's not going to be easy. But I like where our heads at. I like where our confidence is, um, and you know, um, hopefully we can keep rolling. So I haven't seen Xavier obviously in person, and I think I've seen one of their games was on FS1 that I caught a little bit of theirs. Uh, but seeing the Marquette game, seeing the UConn game, uh, PC is the most complete team. So I know UConn's had a few injuries here and there. I think um, they're getting. The, the kid that was injured from them, I think they got him back tonight. And, you know, Marquette looked good too. Obviously, Xavier, I, I think, might also be one of the more complete teams. I think they're, what, 12th overall right now. Um, PC is just a complete team. Croswell is, 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 a, is I mean, you made, you made a very good point. He might be the best overall player they have. Obviously, I think Hopkins is, and you do too. But... Croswell plays both sides of. He's very, very important. He's a double, double. He machine. might be their most important player because. Agreed. If he he might not be their best player, he might be their most important player. Um, Hopkins is going to be their go-to guy. Locke, if they can get him his confidence up, and he's an he could be a spot-up three-point shooter. He can get very hot, very quick. I think that's why they got him. And I don't know what's happening with Bynum with the injury, but regardless, Breed steps in, Pierre steps in, and they might play point guard better than Bynum. I don't think they're better players, but they actually, 
I think, play point guard better. And then the big guys off the bench with Castro and Moore, Moore yeah. they're just bigger than a lot of teams. And, I mean, UConn was big, Marquette's big, but PC's bigger. You yeah. know, so, like, it, it's weird to say that as a you know, as kind of like a, a PC fan now, and, and because PC's been so bad for so so long. Um, so, I mean, like you said, shout out to Cooley for, for working the transfer portal. They just landed, and I don't know the kid's name, but they just landed a kid just he just signed with him. Um, he is a four-star recruit out of... Worcester Academy, I think. Yeah. Um, he just signed the other day. I'll grab his name. Um, or if you want to grab his name. Yeah, he... Devin, Devin Carter, though, needs to get a shout-out because he's been really big for us. I wasn't huge on him in totality uh, just because I didn't like his form shooting the ball. but and he was I just knew he was athletic and pretty good on D. But he has showed up every game, especially in the big games, shoot, not only shooting the ball, but you know, big dunks, guarding the you know uh, the guards, and um, it's just uh, just awesome to uh, to see. It looks like, by the way, Marquette's going to get another win over UConn, so UConn's going to fall again in the rankings, and um, Xavier just beat um, Creighton. Creighton, but it was a nail biter, so um, Creighton's going to be tough. Um, yeah, it looks like PC signed uh, point two point guards actually. Um, they have Drew Fielder coming in next year too, who's going to be a complete stud. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they got a few they got a few guys from all over the place: North Carolina, California, Connecticut. They got a few guys that are um, are committed to them right now. So I mean, they're going to be retooling next year. I don't know what Hopkins is going to do because that's going to be a big piece to them. Whether Hopkins goes into the draft or not, if he stays, I, I mean, I think they could easily just keep pace and where they are. Um, but regardless, this season, I think they're, I looked at the, um, the Ken Palm rankings and then the net rankings, they're top 30 in both, which is awesome. I think there were the, I think there were a five seed the last I looked on Lenardi's rankings on the NCAA thing. So it's just, it's just weird seeing PC as kind of like a, you know, a quote unquote basketball powerhouse at this point, but, uh, leading the big East after winning it last year is just proving that they're, you know, it, it wasn't a fluke, and a bunch of the guys that that host other podcasts, the stuff that I've tuned into, talk about the dunk or whatever it is now, the amp, as being like a really, really big home court advantage, which is awesome too. So it's like when you go into the, you know, when you go in there, the the players know that they're going to get the energy that they need from the fans, which is pretty cool, you know. So like you you think about some of the bigger spots like. I don't know, Kentucky or Gonzaga or whoever has like a home really big home court advantage, obviously Duke, North Carolina, those type of guys, when they know they step on the court, like they have a really big home court advantage. PC's lost once in conference play last year, I think. What? Uh Xavier? Yeah, it's it's and that and that's it. They haven't lost in conference in, in a year and a half, um, besides that one loss. So um yeah, it's a cool home court advantage. It's a it's a cool atmosphere as well. So anyone that hasn't been to a game or you know is gonna go to a game, I suggest trying to go to a game upcoming. There's a bunch of good home games too. So um, I think it's just it also you know um, it's it's just amazing to have season tickets like and good for the program because I just felt like after last year when you finished that high like 
you're going to get better recruits. It's already showing. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, and then what's the name? You know, uh, Jay uh, retires as the coach for Villanova, and it's like, yeah, Jay Wright. Okay, Jay Wright, sorry, and uh, he, he retires, and now it's like the torch has been passed and who is it going to pass past it? Why not Cooley? And, you know, let's keep this thing going. And I feel like it's going to be a, a good thing. That's KV on Mulready was the guy that we, um, we recruited, uh, who just committed. Uh, he came in and said, I'm coming to win a national championship was his, um, and he's a four star recruit. Four star. So, I mean, four star guard. Yeah. They're not, they're not Two-way getting, player. they're not getting those type of kids or those type of recruits. I feel so old saying those type of kids, right. even though we are old. Um, but they're not getting those type of recruits without Cooley. And, exactly. And, and he, he's instilled a, a culture at at the you know in the program yeah, at this point Academy. where you know I think they're going to start getting a few, if not multiple, of those guys on a yearly basis, which then in turn you know makes guys want to stay because then they have a shot. You well, know, they, and, have, they and, have a shot to win Big East titles. They have a shot to win. I mean, I don't know if they have a shot to win national titles, but I mean, they had a shot last year. They had, they have another shot this year. So we'll and we're getting we're keeping people, which is amazing. It's not like we're we're gonna have the turnover we had from last year to this year. Like this team that's been killing it yep. for the most part is like more staying. Castro is a rookie. Uh, Jaden Pierre is a rookie. Um, Bryce Hopkins is a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Carter will be back for one more year. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, we're getting Drew Fielder. We got this, you know, on this other dude. And that's not saying we're going to get anyone else. And if we keep rolling like this and we stay ranked, it's just, it's pretty easy. Devin Carter came out and basically said, like, I've never been recruited as hard as, you know, Cooley recruited me. And yep. that just shows when he wants his people, like, he's going to go out and, and and do everything he can to, to make them feel at home and um, say why that they'll be an asset to – Providence College so um, awesome to see I'm just amped uh, I'm not gonna lie at this point in time if, even with everything going on they're like the hottest thing going for me in sports right now so um, excited to keep them um, rolling right now Hopefully. yeah for sure um, but we'll, we'll cover them like I said the next month for them is extremely important they have three away games against top 25 opponents which is gonna be awesome and then they still have Xavier at home I believe uh, Villanova coming up twice, so they got a bunch of games. Creighton um, coming up, so we'll see uh, where they align in the next few weeks. But looking good so far, top of the Big East. Um, so jumping off of the basketball uh, bandwagon, we're gonna hop over to again. It's been I think it's been two weeks since we've been on on the pod, but um, the Monday Night Football game. We're gonna hop into the NFL. Uh, Monday night football game with the Bills and the Bengals was slated to happen. Um, it was going to be one of the biggest Monday night football games, I don't know, maybe of all time. I think they had 23 combined wins. I think it was the biggest or the most wins uh, for two teams to ever play on a Monday night football that late in the season. Uh, everything was, you know, kind of all the stars were aligning. It was going to be great for, uh, you know, viewership. It was going to be great for TV. It was, it was good for the NFL for you know, standings and all of that stuff. And then uh, the DeMar Hamlin injury happened uh, midway through the first quarter-ish, something like that. I think it was 7-3. to three. Um, it, it, it feels like it's been two years ago at this point when it was, you know, less than 
uh, you know, less than that. But um, Hamlin gets makes a tackle on T. Higgins, goes down, stands back up, collapses. Um, you know, Nick, you were actually the first one to text me, and you said, "Did you did you see that that guy just collapsed back on the field?" Um, I was watching the game, and I was kind of just in and out of you know my phone or playing a game or whatever it was, and uh, it got real serious real fast. You could tell um, there was a few guys running on the field, and they cut to commercial, and then you come back. There's a there's a rescue on the field, and so on and so forth, and it just turned into a nightmare scenario. Hamlin went into cardiac arrest. You know they start CPR on the field, all of that stuff. Um, just kind of yeah, just kind of your. I don't know, your thoughts. I mean, you know, uh, being a, how it all went down. Yeah. Being a police officer, like, you know, seeing the, you know, certain things that just don't look right in, you know, having to do CPR Mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, people before and, uh, just being put in situations that are similar to that. You just don't see that normally on a, on a football field. And, um, you know, I mean, I've been around sports my whole life. I've seen pretty gruesome injuries. It was just something different because he got up. And then he just collapsed, and it wasn't like it was a concussion kind of thing. Like right. it, it, he didn't, he would have stayed on the ground if that was happening. He was, he was up, and he was like pretty much saying thanks to the guy that that, that got him, and he just he didn't I stumble mean, he, back no, down. No, he, he just actually just collapsed. collapsed uh, back down. Uh, you know, um, very difficult to watch. Um, even you know, um, with my background, uh, again, odd. You know, I don't think I've ever seen an ambulance on the football field before so once that happened it was like it was real and then they were panning to like his teammates and you could just see you know um uh, the looks on their face and and it was it was beyond just being worried they just it, you could see that like you just said it got real real fast and you know this dude was in like a life or death situation and um kudos to those you know um first responders uh and you know uh the training staff that was able to, you know, have, you know, quick thoughts and, you know, started CPS immediately and, you know, uh, essentially saved his life, um, which is just absolutely bananas. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, children and, you know, stuff that uh, we're watching that game. We are one of our best friends, you know, uh, that we're on text with was like, I have to shut it off. Like I'm watching this with my son. I can't explain it to him. And I don't blame him. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough thing. I mean, no one knew if that dude was going to live or not. I mean, normally you start CPR, you got to you got to do about 30 minutes of CPR before going to the hospital. And I think it was like we were at like the 20 something minute mark before they actually end up stepping foot. Um, and there was no answers, yep. you know, um, uh, just a really unsettling uh, experience from a uh, from a fan perspective and just as a human being. I don't think it'll change much from like a sports standpoint because like what could they possibly change you know besides eventually going to flag football but it was one of the i've watched sports since i was god knows how old um it was one of those moments like where were you you know i'll never forget where the conversations i had and i'll never forget like what we talked about that night i'll never forget you know kind of like watching it all pan pan out um you know it was kind of like a lot of those other scenarios I'm, I'm thinking of right now are happy moments you know like I watched uh Mark McGuire break the home run record and I remember like my dad calling me and talking about it I watched the Patriots lose in the Super Bowl undefeated I, I remember I mean Terry. 
you know, David Tyree. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, you know, I, I just remember things like that, Kobe like scoring happy, happy right. experiences um, in sports. Uh, this was insanely scary and, you know, it humanized everything and everyone. And like you said, I mean, enough can't be said to the first responders on the field, the training staff that were out there with AEDs within, you know, minutes. Uh, even, the, even the players that recognized that something that was wrong right away, um, you know, shout out to those guys. And also the guys that got put on, well, I should say guys and girls, um, Aikman and Buck on the broadcast like how could you how you like i couldn't imagine being live on national tv talking about i I just watched someone pass away because that's kind of what everyone thought at that point and then Schefter was on espn they cut to him it was um suzy colber uh Schefter and booger mcfarland McFarland, and they were all crying and and but like the show went on and they kept on and they kept you know passing along information and then there was you know, journalists taking Ubers to the to the hospital to like cover it all, and it was just it was like a surreal evening. Um, obviously, since all that went down, we are you know days if not weeks uh, after at this point. Hamlin has been transferred home to Buffalo, and then he got uh, released from the hospital today as well. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's a miracle. remarkable right? yeah, it's, remarkable it's a, recovery and and, and 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 I will say one thing that a couple things I want to say that kudos to kudos to the team for forming a wall around so like not everyone was seeing him on the field I thought that was like an awesome thing um, kudos to the two coaches that were like f this you know this is bigger than football we're out of here and essentially Zach Taylor got the shaft because the Bengals you know uh, it changed the dynamic of their entire postseason and he knew he didn't care he knew that it was bigger than football so that man deserves a little bit more credit than he's getting um and then credit to the world for coming together like you know and they say sports isn't a big thing well this is a perfect moment in time that didn't matter your sex gender race didn't matter what it was everyone came together because they wanted what was best for this gentleman and uh and I think the power of prayer and positive energy prevailed. Um, and, you know, awesome to see him, you know, come back. And I hope the gentleman, you know, is able to, you know, play football again. And, you know, it's just crazy to show how delicate we are as a human species. Because, yep. you know, I think it was a week before or the two weeks before when Derman James, you know, just had come back and almost decapitated a dude on, on the field. He got he actually got kicked out of the game. Um, one of the hardest hits I've ever seen. Neither player was actually like severely hurt. This was like a routine tackle and the dude, it just, you know, um, collapsed. I mean, so you just never know. Um, I will say a couple of things I didn't like, you know, in the very beginning when it happened again, I guess, uh, to the defense, I guess they didn't know how severe it was, but they kept playing, showing the replay that should have probably not happened. Um, and then the flack that, you know, uh, Higgins was getting, like he did something wrong. It's like, dude, you know, the dude put his shoulder down and tried to gain yards. I mean, he, he made a football play as a thousand other people have done it, you know, prior to him. So, um, good to see he was able to come back and play, uh, this past week and, um, I'm sure that, you know, he had a lot in his plate and it was hard. Not, not that it wasn't for every Buffalo fan, but I mean, when you're the, when you're the guy that he's tackling and that happens, it's gotta, it's gotta have a, yeah, you know, it's way heavy. On him. Yeah. And the, and the fact too, that his, his family was in the stands and they were trying to like get his mother in the, yeah, down. That's crazy. 
it's like just being a you know being a parent is like so wild to even think about think about yeah, that fathom. um you know it's it's so crazy it, but i mean you couldn't have said it any better it made a lot of people come together which was is is awesome was awesome um you know hope everyone keeps pulling for him obviously we're patriots fans we're not fans of the bills by any means but uh the bills head coach uh mcdermott i mean he they started warming up and he just was like yeah this isn't happening and then pretty much and then the bengals kind of started figuring like you could see burrow started throwing the ball around and people were like what is happening what are we doing Diggs was bringing guys together and yelling at them and guys were still crying and, and, and Josh Allen was just sitting on the sideline. So shout out to the coaches because they kind of took over and I don't know where the, you know, Hey, you have five minutes to get ready type of mentality came out from the NFL. If it came from the NFL, who knows? I have no idea, but, um, NFL's fumbled a ton of different situations. I don't think they necessarily fumbled this one because ultimately they got it right. But, you know, having those guys stay out on the field for any longer would have been definitely Crazy. would have been uh, a bad, bad scenario. Um, and I'm kind of happy that they pulled everyone off the field and, you know, ultimately didn't end up playing the game. You know, it made fantasy championships kind of weird. It made obviously the, the wild card weekend coming up and the playoffs with, uh, you know, those two top, you know, two of the top teams in the AFC not having, um, that a last uh, additional game played. Yeah, it affected seating a um, little bit. You know, affected a lot of different things, but ultimately the guy's life was in More the balance. Important. And, like, how could they possibly have guys go back out there and play football? It, it made no sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we have nothing but positive thoughts for DeMar Hamlin. And, you know, obviously he's progressing Hope much, it continues. Much, much more rapidly than I think anyone thought, especially with that was watching it that night. I think we all thought kind of the similar thing that night, that worst case scenario type of thing. And we're happy that it didn't happen. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get back on a little bit more of the positive. Uh, well, I don't know if this is going to be positive or not, but we can touch, we can touch base on um, Patriots end of the season was the following week when they played the bills. And, um, you know, we touch base a little bit on the Pats and their off season, what that's going to look like. So this is, you know, less obviously serious, but not much more positive for us as Patriots fans. Um, Pats missed the playoffs as they lost to the Bills. And now begins an offseason of... Uncertainty. What, 10, 15 questions that need answering and where they go with everything uh, from the offense to the defense. They have a ton of free agents and kind of where they go. Um, first things first, they have... 14th pick, 15th pick, whatever it is, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where do they go in the draft? Um, you know, so our defense is pretty stout. I don't think we need to – I shouldn't say – I mean, knowing Bill, who the heck knows what he's going to do. He, I, I'll tell you what, it's one thing that we have pretty much since I've been a Patriots fan have not really – been amazing at is drafting players uh specifically spe- i shouldn't say that specifically offensive players like your skill position players we'd be the worst gms in uh, nfl history uh but we need we need to get some help in the receiving <laughs> game um SOS. uh yeah uh so um i i mean i'm i'm swinging for uh jalen hyatt i know somebody any anybody i they, some somebody that can 
get separation and, and, and catch the ball. Um, I would just like a skilled position player. Yeah, I correct. don't know what they do, where they go. I don't think they need a running back. But, again, if Damian Harris leaves, I don't know where that leaves. Stevenson isn't necessarily injury prone. Or I like Strong, though. Lines. I do like him they as a backup. Draft. Right. So, I mean. We picked two last year. So I, I wouldn't mean, necessarily say that they need another running back. I right. would love if they somehow, I don't know, if they got a playmaking tight end. I don't know if that's the first round with that kid from Notre Dame or not. But, um, uh, you know, wide receiver would be great. But also they've missed on so many of those in the first so round. That's why, that, you know what? So, here's my conundrum. I hate the thought of getting an offensive lineman because we need help in our skill position, specifically receivers and mm-hmm. tight ends. However, I do want Mac to have more time to throw the ball to, so it's just like one of those things, I guess, like what's best at that point. Either, you know, at that 16th pick, is it going to be an offensive lineman or that skill position? And I think that's what you do. I wouldn't be – I can't say that I would be wicked pissed if we got a stud, you know, offensive uh, lineman, just so I feel like they're uh, just an underappreciated, you know, uh, breed. I mean, but – Draft or no draft, I mean, we need to address the elephant in the room, and that's getting rid of our coaching staff. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, uh, at least Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, they got to go. Um, I mean, Mac Jones finished a year not bad. I mean, not great, but not bad. Um, I do like that, you know, this last game, he slung the rock 40 times. I mean, he had three interceptions. A few actually weren't. I don't uh, feel that we're entirely his fault. I don't think he played bad. Um, But, but, I mean, the problem is, is like, our leading receiver is Devontae Parker, and I I mean, I'll pack his bags, ship him, you know. um, Jacoby Myers is a free agent, probably not coming back. Kendrick Bourne, I like him, but you're not a number one. Tyquan Thorne, I like you, but you're not a number one. Nelson Aguilar, I'm not even packing your bags, I just want to like... just get an Uber. Yeah, yeah, just get your own bags and and get the fuck out. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, we need help. Um, with that being said, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, there's some rumblings about offensive coordinators, players, um, draft. I mean, which a uh, perfect yeah. world scenario, I should say. What is uh, what's the hope? I mean, so here's here's real world scenario. I think Mayo's gone. I think Mayo gets a job somewhere. So. I don't know. Which hurts us defensively. I don't know if it's going to happen, but my thought just right off the bat is Houston because I think he already had some um, like interest from Houston. Obviously, they hired and fired Lovey Smith, which is I, I don't even understand why they hired him in the first place. But um, so Houston's an option Posturing. for me, where I think um, Mayo could possibly end up, but I think he's gone. Uh, somehow, some way. Um, so we're and he deserves a head coaching job at this point. I, and, I don't. Doubt. And now we're stuck with Steve Belichick yeah, right. running the running the defense. Okay, great. I don't know if that's good or bad, honestly, because I don't know who was calling defensive plays because we didn't have a defensive coordinator right. because Bill doesn't put titles on people. But Bill um, still is defensive minded, so even at worst case scenario, as long as he's there, I'm not so worried about defense. that defense. Right. Uh, the offense obviously was yes. a mess with Judge in uh, New York when he was there. Um, it was, I want to say it was 3rd and 11 when he coached the Giants, and he called a quarterback sneak because he was afraid that Daniel Jones couldn't throw the ball. And ever since then, I don't even know how Joe Judge ever got a coaching job again. And then he got brought back to the Patriots and became like a predominant guy. Matt Patricia, 
they hated him in Detroit. They absolutely hated him in Detroit. Um, he came back somehow as a defensive coach, got a head coaching job, and then came back and started calling offensive plays. I don't really understand how that worked out, and I don't think a lot of people did. Um, it didn't work out. So uh, hopefully both of them are gone, or at least in different positions. Um, well, Patricia you know, goes back to defense. Cool. I'm not even, like, terrible. I'm not, that doesn't even – Perfect. You know, just get him away from the offense. Um the Kingsbury firing from or, you know, removal from the head coach in Arizona, we talked about kind of offline. Um, that makes sense. He was drafted by Bill. He has a good relationship with Belichick. I think Belichick said he was one of the smarter guys that he actually ever drafted when he talked about him. Um, Kingsbury's an offensive guy. Uh, it didn't work out with Kyler. You know, would it work out with Mac? I have no idea. But, again, that's an option. Uh, Bill Young mind, too. People are talking about Bill O'Brien coming back, which I'm fine with as well. Um, he's had success in multiple places. Um, I think he's in Alabama right now, so him coming back would be fine. Um, I'm just I'm I'm just hoping for change there. And then on the offensive side, like I get what you're saying about them drafting an offensive lineman. Uh, the strange draft pick last year in the first round, you know, great. I feel like you could give Mac Jones five seconds every single drop back. If our receivers can't get separation, correct, it doesn't even matter. Agreed. That's, I, I will agree with you that, there. That's another part of you can protect the guy. He could be the most accurate quarterback in history. If the if the guys can't get open, they can't get open either. Right. So that's where I think at some point they do need to address and get a number one. But, I mean, we've been saying this since Randy Moss. Right. So we're barking up a tree that hasn't been, you know, settled for 10 years at right. this point like when's the last time they've had a number one receiver and, um, and, and then and then you know to play devil's advocate with that so a name that has been you know uh kind of uh heightened and you know, since we played arizona and deandre hopkins had that little you know one-on-one with belichick on the sideline everyone's right. like oh, oh hopkins yeah. is coming yeah. and now they're talking about they want a side and trade deal for hopkins and to get rid of him uh, arizona and don't get me wrong i like hopkins uh, we again we talked about it off air like when he played with you know bill o'brien you can make a argument that it was top three in the in the league um and he's a stud and you know um a lot of people you know get bad raps and then they move and they're studs i mean Diggs did it when he was in minnesota everyone thought he was a crybaby he went to buffalo and he was the best receiver in the league the next year um he did the same thing with um you know what's his name on the eagles was in tennessee didn't have have a really good year went to philly AJ he's Brown, a complete yeah. stud christian kirk was okay goes to jacksonville has a breakout year so you know we you just said it with randy moss everyone said he was over the hill and at the raiders came to new england broke records granted we not we you know we don't have brady that being said he's still a number one um and demands targets he would and be can their get best option again, since since moss and it, it's not even close it's not even close um, so I'm, I'm not i'm not all about hey we you know we need to pay someone a hundred million dollars or anything along those lines but i don't know how old he is i don't even think he's he's not like on the wrong side of no, 28 yeah. or something no. like that right like no. you um, at least get a get, at least get a few years out of him i think like the big thing you know when i said it to you you know last night or the night before is like how 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 is the question like yeah how do they you know, how do, do we get him, to, you know what um, do they have to give up to right. get him i guess but all, all, i can't imagine it's going to take a ton because his contract's coming over his contract he's going to want more money um so they're going to have to ink him to a contract um 
I mean, hey, I'm not the biggest DeAndre Hopkins fan. Me neither. He's I like mean, they do got semi overrated. suspended this year, so. But again, I think he's still a top twelve. When healthy, absolutely. Guy in the yeah. league. I mean, there's so many receivers right now. It's right. it's so crazy when you start looking at it. But, Some young pups too that are studs. And that's what know. I'm saying. Like, I think when you break it all down, age and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I. I I would take him in a second. Again, would I give up a first-round pick for him? No. Would right. I give up a second-round pick for him? I don't know. Maybe. 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 Um, Depending on where our pick is. Yeah. It, so, yeah. I think it's it's definitely an option, and I would I would love for Mac to have a number one. Um, I think that's huge. And it, it, on, the, on the defensive side, again, we're not going to you know bore everyone with defense or anything along those lines, but I would love for them to draft another cornerback safety hybrid guy obviously they knocked it out of the park with kyle duggar and and jack jones of, and you know and, and uh, you know jonathan jo- all these young pups are pretty good. gone yeah, definitely i don't know what adrian Phillips if phillips is back or not he's, he's old too in and out of the lineup right like if they could retool there and kind of keep those guys rolling if they could somehow end up with a stud defensive lineman pass rusher to pair with judon i wouldn't be angry at that either Again, I don't know if that's a first-round thing. I think this is a defensive first-round draft as far as I was looking at. There's, like, a ton of defensive guys that seemed like they were going in the first round, along with quarterbacks, obviously. But um, So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they end up with some of those guys. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and say I know, you know, the edge rusher from USC or, you know, uh, somewhere else, like Arkansas or something like that. Like, obviously, some of the big-name guys we know from Georgia, from Alabama, that type of stuff. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from there. But outlook's not great, especially because they're going to have to compete with Buffalo in the division for years and years and years. And I feel like they're always just going to be second fiddle to them, unfortunately, because they can't beat them. So, yeah, I, I it just, we'll you know, um, I, I, I couldn't agree more about, like, what, you know, what's wait and see. I think the issue is, is that, you know, um, the, the league is getting younger and younger at receiver and these dudes are just making the transition to the nfl seamlessly i mean in the last four years we've seen you know rookie receivers come in and make an instant impact the issue is that we swing and miss when we try try to do that so um i still think that tycon doran has some promise but i just don't i still don't see him as a number one um he's skinnier uh, than seems like he's skinnier than me yeah i mean he's he eventually bro- gonna get broken yeah in half. Uh, i mean I he was broken half the him. year on a on a on a broken wrist Right. So here we are. So uh, we have the 14th pick overall, and the you know mock draft has us taking uh, Georgia's offensive tackle Broderick Jones. Uh, Perfect. So uh, we'll see. So yeah, I mean I'm, I'll probably just skip the Thursday night, um, you know the, the NFL uh, ESPN coverage of the first round because it, whether they they're either going to take an offensive lineman or they're going to trade out of the pick, and it's just like a wasted night for me watching that because I just get super aggravated. And then in the second round, they take a guy from D2 named Kyle Duggar, and I drink half a bottle of whiskey and, you know, want to end it all. And then Duggar ends up an all basically an all-pro, and it just shows what I know. So Same thing like, with Strange. I mean, they laughed him off the thing. and he, uh, Granted, he wasn't like an all-pro, but I tell you he what. He was a first-round draft pick. He, he, was, he was pretty freaking good this year. Yeah, yeah, just like, what do I know? I just get frustrated watching it because it's like I'm a fantasy football player, and I want 
you know the big names to hit so just the, just for food for thought right now so i'm on pff which probably is better than yahoo uh, which i was just on uh for mock draft this one pff has us taking devin uh with a spoon from illinois um best press man cornerback in the country last season um he said it's it, you know uh from their standpoint it wasn't even close um he, uh, on 113 snap and press coverage this past fall, he allowed a grand total of one yard. Um, that's a guy who can play cornerback for Bill Belichick. However, I just want to put this, it was just funny because of things you said. The very next pick is by the Green Bay Packers, and PFF has them taking your boy Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. So, like, we'll have the opportunity to yeah. to, to do it. You know, and so, you know, uh, we just talked about, the three things that we talked about, uh, skill position, offensive lineman, and, you know, uh, uh, cornerback or safety. So, you know, I'm not going to lie, depending on where they w- go, you know, uh, it could be one of the three. We'll see. But uh, we need a lot of things to go right. So we'll see. Yeah. And it starts with the coaching. So, yep. Bill, if you're listening, you're probably not. But if you are, make the moves. Do it right. <laughs> um, so right, we'll jump on. into uh, Wild Card Weekend which is going to be an interesting weekend of games uh, starting Saturday. So we'll kind of run through these and and break a few of these down. Um, Before we go there, uh, just a quick update because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Brown and Tatum are combined 72 points and 22 rebounds. Jalen has 41 and 12, and Tatum has 31 and 10. And they are up 15 and closing out another dub. So they're the first team to 30 wins in the NBA. Um, Go Seas. So, yeah, Saturday starts off with uh, one of the more lopsided matchups, I think, of the week. But it's a divisional matchup, so who knows. Uh, Seattle at San Francisco. So um, I'll kind of let you start with this. I know you're big on um, San Francisco kind of going into the playoffs. Um, I read a stat the other day, you know, um, like pretty much the points that San Fran's been putting up since Purdy started as QB, and it's high, uh, like high 20s. Um, so, I mean, you're putting up points like that with a stout defense. Hats off to Geno, number one, for them making the playoffs when they were probably touted as, I don't know, the worst team in the league prior to the season start, if not, if, if, sure. if not a bottom three team in the league. Um and he had an amazing, you know, uh, season this year. Uh, and Seahawks I don't want to take an all-time passing yeah record record. That's which that's was ridiculous. So very very surprising that Wilson never made 4,100 yards. Uh, you know, and I will say, I mean, Gino uh, at at the helm. Uh, Walker's been ridiculous as of late, and he still had Metcalf and Lockett. I mean, they can they can maybe try to make it a game. I just, I agree with you. I mean, 49ers are my pick to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Um, so I just think that they get steamrolled. The line we talked about it is uh, 10 right now. Um, the over-under is 42 and a half. And, you know, um, I think they might hit the over, and it's just because the Niners might score 30 points. Um, yeah, the Seahawks, these are just not that good. And, nope. um, you know, I, I think... They get all their guys back. If the 49ers, I think, are fully healthy. So. I, think, I think we talk about the Niners a lot with, obviously, Bosa, Fred Warner, you know, uh, the guys that they have in the secondary. They have a great defense, right? They got Christian McCaffrey. And it's, 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 so, it's so interesting that they've just, they traded for him, kind of involved him in their offense. And, and, I don't know if there's a better one-two in the game than McCaffrey and Debo because they're just interchangeable. 
I mean, you can put McCaffrey out wide and throw him the ball 15 times a game and run Debo 15 times a game. It, it, it's ridiculous. And and so that's where they're very, very unique on offense because they can – and then they got Eli Mitchell back who was, I don't know, a top three-round pick probably. It's a stud. And Jordan Mason's a bowling ball. The dude's gigantic. So And they have a tight end by the name of George Kittle who is – arguably the second best tight end before the season if you were just said like hey who's the second best tight end in football um and i know he doesn't get a ton of credit for you know the blocking and all of that stuff he's an animal he's yep. an animal so they were really good and Ayuk had a thousand yards this year and eight tds people don't even talk about him the dude's no. a, he's a stud yep. i mean complete stud he's, he's been be, there most consistent he's gonna you know pass catcher again next year too uh, yep uh, he just uh i just they get a they get everyone they, and they got like we just said they got you know, Debo's should be back. Um, they got Elijah Mitchell back. Um, they're gonna be a problem. Yep, they're definitely gonna be a problem. Again, I I, I kind of hang with you. I think the game's gonna be somewhere around like 31-17 type of game, something like that. I, yeah, I, I just can, think I like that. I think Seattle will get some points because they will. Seattle can definitely hit. You know, Walker can break one. Yeah, Metcalf could break one, something along Lockett those lines. Lockett can do the same thing. Yeah, so. I, I think they have a decent enough offense where they'll still put up some points, but um, that's kind of my range for the game. Um, I think we both kind of are picking San Fran against the spread and straight up, you know, whatever, um, to move on there. Uh, the Saturday night game, which is actually very, very surprising that they got this spot because Jacksonville, um, I felt like Jacksonville was going to be the early uh, window game because you think Jacksonville's on the East Coast. They're playing at eight o'clock East Coast time. San Fran's obviously in California. They're there. They're actually playing at one thirty their time, which is kind of strange that they wouldn't have flipped those and just played right. the. But neither here nor there. Um, L.A. at Jacksonville. I don't know if Doug Peterson's going to win Coach of the Year, but he would get my vote because Jacksonville was an absolute train wreck last year. Trevor Lawrence, people were writing him off like he was going to be the biggest bust in NFL history, and all of a sudden they are hosting a playoff game now. And kudos to them, and kudos to Lawrence for sticking in there and not listening to any of the noise and kind of tuning that out. Kudos to them for going out and spending money in uh, free agency and signing, Bill, if you're listening, signing a big-name wide receiver, Christian Kirk. Everyone laughed when they gave him $100 million. Now they're saying he's underpaid. It's hilarious how that, uh, that all works. Right. So, I mean, like, they went out and made moves. Evan Ingram was a huge move for them. They ended up getting rid he's of... huge as a late. Um, uh, ...the running back, James Robinson, and, and moved to ETN to kind of the featured role. And so, like, they made moves, obviously, in the offseason and throughout the season that kind of put them in this in this position. And then they already won a playoff game last year. Uh, excuse me, last week uh, with the Titans game, they had to win to get in. So That was a huge, that was a humongous win. And right. it was a comeback win, too, which they is... They were losing. Yeah, yeah they so, were losing most of the game, too. So, um, not to uh, kind of exclude the Chargers, obviously, we'll touch on them, too. But, you know, just kudos to Jacksonville overall. And, again, Peterson would probably get my vote for... Coach of the year, if, if there was a vote. Yeah, I mean, uh, so a couple things. Uh, I mean, you could you can make the same for Pete Carroll for the same reasons that we just talked. I, I think Brian Dable from the the Giants. You can make the same argument. They were playing with scraps the whole year, and you know here they are, you know, uh, making the playoffs. But I can't agree with you more um, that you know um, Jacksonville they belong. Uh, you know, we were talking. I think it was like week 
five a podcast. They hadn't won back-to-back weeks in like two yep. years or something ridiculous. And now here they are winning the division, and now they have a playoff game at home. Um, I know... I think it was week one or two, we were high on them. We were like, oh, man, you know, and the power rankings, this team could make noise. So I'm rooting for the Jaguars. I want Me them too. to I want them to beat the Chargers. Um, I know we're not supposed to be biased, you know, on podcasts, but I'm biased, and uh, I hope that, you know, uh, the Jaguars kick the shit out of the Chargers. Um, but uh, I, I do think it's probably going to be – it might be the best game. I, who knows? It, I could be completely wrong. It could be completely lopsided. But I think this will go down to the wire. Uh, the lines too. Uh, the Chargers always play close games, yeah. right? It's always a field goal game with the Chargers, whether they're winning or losing. There, it's always like a field goal game. And neither defense is like really, you know. I trust it, it, I trust Jacksonville's defense more than I trust the Chargers. Especially defense. especially as of late, the right. Jaguars D has actually you know made some pretty significant plays as of late. So um, yeah, uh, g- good. Um, I think that, that this game will be a little bit better than the first, but um, we'll see what um, happens. Mike Williams didn't practice today, and I think that's going to be somewhat of an issue for them. Keenan Allen obviously is there. Eckler's there. And Eckler, shout out Eckler, is just a stud overall in the season. I mean, well worth the first-round pick that anyone took him. Herbert has got weapons all over the place. Gerald Everett, uh, Carter. I mean, they, they got guys that can fill in, but... Mike Williams is, I mean, he's not elite by any means because he doesn't put up the numbers to be elite. He's elite talent. He but he is do elite talent. He's one of one type right. of guy. Like, he is humongous. He makes insane catches. Um, he just got to do it consistently. I think he's almost, like, more valuable to them than Keenan Allen in a sense because he makes, like, the huge plays. Uh, Keenan Allen's, like, a more of a possession receiver, I feel 100%. like. 100%. So... It's going to be interesting, especially this the, late in his career. You yeah, know? I, it's going to be interesting to see how the game plays out. I'm, I think Jacksonville is going to win the game strictly because they're at home. I have a feeling like the Chargers on the road. I just don't trust them. I don't trust Brandon Staley. Um, they, always, the Chargers find ways to lose games, like always. the Falcons. They we find about ways it. to lose games. So. We're always saying it. Forty-seven and a half. Uh, me personally, I don't know. I don't. I mean. I can't see it being that. I would take the under, and me too. I would I would take the under, and I would take Jacksonville. Um, but that's just me. Agreed, 100. percent Yeah, I, I I think this has like 2017 written all over it, kind of like a few turnovers, that type of stuff. Because again, that's how the Chargers play. Mm-hmm. They muck up the game. It's like you would think they're a big scoring, you know, game um, team. I, I mean, I don't know what they are in the season for their offensive rankings, but. Th- it seems like they always play lower scoring games, especially this year. Her, like I, I think Herbert's extremely talented, but make no mistake about it, there was insanely high hopes for them. And I want, I don't want to see like just fell off a cliff, regress, but he definitely didn't have the year I thought he was going to have. Um, no. I granted, I mean, part of that is because Williams is always hurt. I think, um, but regardless, um, I think, you know, what it comes down to is, like you said, they always find ways to lose games. So we'll see. That's uh, that's that's Saturday, and that brings us to uh, Sunday, um, the 15th, and opening uh, game is Dolphins at Bills. Um, what do you think about this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, Tua got ruled out with a concussion. We, were, we talked about this via text. I mean, does Tua ever play again? What doctor is going to clear him? He's had three concussions in what? The first one was like nine deadly. weeks or something like Especially that. Especially what we've just seen with Hamlin off field. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that I mean, that's going to be tough. So they're starting. They're starting Skylar Thompson. 
Um, they're 13 point dogs or something like that. It went from nine to 13 as soon as Tua got ruled out. I just don't see how Miami's going to score enough to even kind of compete in the game. Um, I mean, kudos to the Dolphins for nine and eight, and you know, being in. Um, they had they have a pretty good season. You know, uh, if you take away two his injuries, I mean, they'd probably they'd, be much better. Yeah, uh, for sure. uh, agreed. I actually don't hate Thompson. He's just in over his head. I mean, he's going against a juggernaut, especially coming off the momentum from him when they're already a juggernaut to begin with. Now they're riding with that momentum. You know, um, who knows what the weather's going to be? Yeah, like. I, I just if it's going to be freezing cold. I think I mean, Miami's not going to be used to that. That's uh, again. I know they played there, and it you know it is what it is. But if there's any sort of like snow, it it just it has the chance to be. A, I mean, thirteen seems like it's gigantic, and I feel like. It's easy. You yeah, know, like, the problem you is know. with 11-25 left in the first quarter, it's going to be 7 nothing Buffalo, and you're going to be like, oh, it's 7 nothing, and then it's going to be 10 nothing, and then it's going to be 10-3, and then it's going to be 17-3, and you're like, oh, okay, this game's over. Yeah. It just kind right. of like how the national championship game went with Georgia and TCU, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, they'll hang in there, and then it's 65-7, yeah. and you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah, um, They're just overmatched. Yep, and I, agreed. I think Waddle and Hill could you know, break a, break a play or two or, you know, who knows with them, maybe three or four um, to kind of keep them in the game. But would be the upset of the century, though, if they yeah, uh, Dolphins I, I come just, in and win. I Buffalo's just don't think it's on an emotional high. I, I don't see them losing this game in any capacity. Uh, couldn't agree more. That brings us to our late game um, and the probably the most controversial game of the week, I would say, uh, is the Giants at uh, the Vikings. Um the line is minus three for Minnesota, and the over/under is 48. What are, what are your thoughts? Two huge. I mean, our our two biggest frauds, I think that we have like battled throughout the year. Like I had Minnesota in my power rankings. The battle of the frauds. Strictly, <laughs> strictly because of their um, their record. Yeah, their record. And they, they won a few games. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe they won that game. Cousins um, had a year, too. I mean, it's The not Packers like game, the Minnesota at Green Bay game week, whatever, week 17 it was, that Green Bay had to win. Justin Jefferson had one catch, and Jair Alexander came out and basically just, like, shit all over him, and he wore the big hat. I'm uh, pretty sure he body stuff. slammed him on the field, too. And so, like, that, changed, that actually kind of, like, changed my opinion about Minnesota because no one, no one from Minnesota said anything. He got he got body slammed on the field. Thielen looked at him like, uh, "What am I gonna do?" And he did nothing. He hit a ref and didn't get like disqualified too. That whole that whole thing was like absolutely you know crazy. Let's just stop for a second. You know, even before we you know go into the Pretenders Club, um, you know, Saquon Barkley finishes the season, 295 carries, 1,312 yards and 10 TDs. And Justin Jefferson finishes the year 128 receptions, 1,809 yards, and 8 TDs. Let's just like kudos to Barkley coming back because you know now uh, he cements himself back into you know uh, the ranking of a top five. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say at, at the very least top ten, but you could definitely yeah. make the argument of top five. And then yeah. Jefferson's the best receiver in the league. I mean, granted, you know, just like you said, he gets shut down. Now the issue is is that if Jefferson gets shut down, just like you were just saying. Shit, Giants have a shot at winning this game. Um, I I feel like if there there could be an upset, this would be the one. Um, 
and wow, that would be a huge win for Dayball. I just, I've just never been sold on the Vikings. The problem is, is I don't, I'm not sold on the Giants either. Yeah. Um, you could flip a coin right now, and that's and what that's, I think. And that's what it is, game. right? It's yeah. minus three. I think that that is what it is. From uh, from like a betting perspective, minus three is always just what they give the home team, right? right. So it's basically what it is. It's going to be a coin flip. Um, I mean, I just think Minnesota is going to win because they're at home. It's going to be loud. It's in a dome. It's going to be crazy. That type of stuff. So I mean, they could come out. I mean, Cousins had a good year. I mean, yeah. he could come out and be an absolute stud. And if he is, then we're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. Right, I mean, the spread I hope so. Are, the I mean, that's what we want three. this weekend. We want we want good football, right? I don't want to see a completely lopsided game. Like I want to see it if it came down to the wire and you know one of their field goal. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, having a brain fart. The, their kicker has been amazing this yeah, year. So, out. um, so I mean, if he comes in and wins the game on a field, that'd be awesome. Like, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise be, me. Either, it, that's it, the way it went you know, down. um, just a, a a good game. Um, I but, am. Um, I'll take. I, I mean, I'll take Minnesota and just yeah. kind of, just to kind of put another. I'll just. Up. I'll take the Giants just to yeah, I'll friendly. take Minnesota. Um, and then. I'm going under. Yeah, I would say under as well here. I don't. I don't think it's going to be. I just don't see how the Giants even if, score that many points. Even if it was like a. Minnesota could put, 18, up, you know, could like, put yeah. up points right. for sure, but the Giants' defense has been underrated pretty much the whole season i mean we talked about it from i think every podcast yeah it's saquon barkley and the defense yeah now i mean don't want to take too much away from um you know uh, the giants uh quarterback daniel uh, jones daniel, he's he, he had a really good year he was playing with nobody white um, pick baby i i will say um they they signed my computer's having a um, heart attack give me a second um they signed somebody and He's been red hot as of late, and it's it's helped him tremendously. And I'm. Um, Are you talking about Kenny Galladay? <laughs> no, he did have a touchdown. <laughs> he did have a touchdown. The mannequin had a touchdown, but no, it's not who I'm thinking of. Um, give me one second, and I'll tell you. Well, you think oh. you think of that. We'll move on to yeah, uh, the night game, which is AFC North battle. Um, Baltimore at Cincinnati is going to be the Saturday. Excuse me, the Sunday night game um, that NBC has. Uh, lines minus seven and a half for Cincinnati. I think it moved. Even you said it moved to minus eight. Um, Baltimore's in trouble. Lamar is not practicing. He still hasn't practiced. He hasn't practiced in like six weeks or something like that. Eight weeks, whatever it was. They're in trouble without him. Yeah, Huntley's also injured. I don't even know who they're. I think they might have. I don't even know if they still have McSorley. I don't know who they have after Huntley. Uh, they're in trouble because the Bengals are fully healthy and. Fully healthy Cincinnati might be the best offense in the league with Burrow, Higgins, Mixon, Jamar Chase, um, Hunter Hurst, uh, Hayden Hurst. Excuse me, I was gonna say Hunter. Hunter Hurst is like Hunter Hurst Helmsley, like Triple H. <laughs> Triple H. Um, yeah, Hayden Hurst. Like they, uh, P Ryan. Like they have a good. They have a very good offense. Uh, so them playing at home Sunday night, it's going to be wild. Uh, they're the, actually the most expensive ticket as of right now. Um, tickets are $181. So oh, sure. I think yeah, that place yeah. is going to be wild. Uh, it's going to be loud. Baltimore's in trouble. I mean, Baltimore hasn't scored 20 points in, I don't think, since Lamar has been out. They're, they're going to have trouble. Um, they're one of the worst my, 10 and 17s I've ever seen. Yeah, this is my... 
this is my lock of the week. Like my best bet would be Cincinnati minus seven and a half. I think you said it went to eight. Yep. Um, I take that line. I take the over too. It's forty and a half right now. I take the over and and it's strictly because I think the Bengals could put up thirty points even if the Cincinnati's Bengals. Cincinnati's gonna yeah, light it. Yeah. Up. I, I think they're gonna. Isaiah Hodgins was the player I was talking about on the Giants. Yes. Yep. Um, he's actually been pretty good of late. Just somebody they can go to. Um, but uh, as far as the Bengals are concerned. Just like we started, you know, with the 49ers, Bengals cannot be any more red hot than they are. And Joe Burrow is insane at this time of year. When when it when you need W's and you know um, competition comes into light, you just realize how much of a competitor Burrow is. Um, I mean, he single-handedly won me a fancy football. Uh, championship last year and it's because him and chase went bananas down the stretch last year and um as as everyone could see they were an afterthought and they made it to the super bowl yeah they came up short uh against the rams but um i, I just they're gonna be a problem uh yeah. for anyone that they play and especially now they you know we talked about it the coach doing the right thing with the hamlin thing and then them getting the shaft um they're they're gonna they're out to for blood right now. So, so I mean, if this all works out right, Cincinnati wins, Buffalo wins, you know, even if it's Jacksonville or um, the Chargers, it sets up Cincinnati and Buffalo next week neutral site because of the whole Hamlin injury game canceled that type of stuff. So it sets them up uh, for that divisional round matchup, and then it would set up Kansas City with the Chargers or Jacksonville. Whoever wins that game. Um, now, I don't know who would give Kansas City a better game because the Chargers haven't played Kansas City well this year, I don't believe. Um, but the Cincinnati-Buffalo game would be what everyone wanted on that Monday Night Football game, and mm. they would get it again. And it mm-hmm. would probably be the Saturday night game or the Sunday night game. And it would, it's just going to rehash all of the storylines with Hamlin and, and how both coaches handled themselves and all of that stuff. Uh, it's it, That's just aligning to be a really, really epic divisional round game yeah i agreed um yeah so i I agree i think Bengals are a lock um that brings us into our last game um monday night uh cowboys bucks um and question here and i don't remember last year or uh, even years prior have there been monday night football playoff games i was just actually thinking that that's kind of odd so Um, i was listening to the the fantasy channel on on sirius on the way over and they were talking about how they think that they got this game because of the Hamlin injury game canceled, that they put a Monday Night Football playoff matchup to like basically like repay ESPN for the game that they canceled, which is kind of weird. Yeah, wild. Because now I, I mean I like it personally. Um, it's cool, but, but I, it's just weird, weird how then like Tampa or Dallas has to play in a short week. Right. Correct. Is weird to me. So. Um, um, very very strange. I think that I mean I love Brady and I hope he comes out guns blazing. Um, I just I think they're overmatched. However, I, however, last week the Cowboys were still playing for something and they got beat by the. They were commanders. the worst team in the league last. And week. they played with the, they played with their whole starting lineup. They had like 181 yards. Prescott looked terrible. Like um, he threw another so, pick six. So I, I tell you what, if Brady comes out blazing and figures out that chemistry back again with. Um, with Evans, I mean, yeah, I mean they can they can definitely they can definitely win the game. I mean, so, any, Brady can win any game he's ever in. I mean, there's no there's no discounting Brady. I just 
I do feel like as a total is that over. Just the offensive line versus Cowboys defense, I just feel like it's a disaster waiting to happen. I think the most, I think the two most important guys in the game, without getting into offensive line and that type of stuff, are Micah Parsons for Dallas because if Parsons can disrupt Brady. I mean, Tampa has no shot, right? right. Like, it's not like Tampa's right, running the ball or anything like that. But if Parsons can be the Micah Parsons that, you know, he has been in certain games and there's other games where he kind of disappears and that type of stuff, if he can come out and uh, you know, just be a bull in, a, is, in right. a china shop, Tampa has a really, really tough time winning that game. And then you just touched on it on the Tampa Bay side. If Mike Evans is all pro Mike Evans... And it doesn't matter if, if Diggs is guarding him. It doesn't. It, it it never mattered who he was playing up against. He obviously had a, a decent season for him. He put up a thousand yards, but he didn't put up the numbers I think that a lot of people thought he was going to. He, but he, he still had some monster games. Oh my, if he yeah. can come out and put up. He's super you know, talented. One twenty and two touchdowns, something like that. Because Godwin's going to put up. I was going to say, you know, he's going to get his right. You know, Godwin's going to put up ten catches for 110 yards, and that's just what he's going to do because he works in the middle of the field. But if Evans can come out and put up 100 yards and two TDs, Brady's going to throw the ball. Brady might throw the ball 47 to 55 times. You like might somewhere see in that a record. record or something. Right. Who knows? Especially if they're losing, Brady right. might throw the ball 75 times. I have no idea. Um, but I think those are he's he's extremely because when he plays well, when Brady throws him the ball, when they play well together, when Evans plays well, they rarely lose. Like there's not many games where Evans has had a big game that they've lost. It's always when they lose. You look at it, it's Evans, you know, two for nineteen, or you know, three for thirty-five, and you're like, what the heck happened? Um, so I think he's super important for them. I want to pick Dallas in this game. Because everything is pointing to, well, Tampa's going to win. It's Brady. It's Monday night. Brady's been under. Think about how many times Brady's been in the playoffs. He's been an underdog four times ever. He's That's been in the crazy. playoffs. Well, how many games has he played in the playoffs? You know, 120. He's been an underdog four times, and he's covered every single one of them and won every one of those games, which is really, really insane. I mean, I, I want to root for Brady. I mean, oh, I, I'm rooting I, the realist, Tampa. the real, the realist in me says that Cowboys are going to win, but I'm rooting for Bucks. Dallas. Has so much talent, right? Like so much talent. Pollard and Zeke are just awesome. What happens? What happens if the Cowboys lose? Let's just McCarthy go. probably gets fired. He probably. But what happens to Prescott? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's my thing. Like you know, this guy. Uh, I don't know. McCarthy probably gets fired, and they've been back to back. They won 13 games last year. What did they win this year? 12. So they have 25 wins in two seasons. Like any any team would take that, but right. it's not good enough for for McCarthy to probably survive. I don't I don't think, especially because Sean Payton. Yeah, there, there. there's a, there's a lot of like question marks. I still have the same thing about like Lamar Jackson. If they lose, he hasn't been playing. He didn't practice. He like, got injured last year yeah, too. Yeah, I just they didn't pay him like like everyone wanted him to get paid. You know, um, same thing with like the 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 Purdy situation. They went out and traded first round draft picks for their QB, and Three of them. and he gets injured. They were better when Garoppolo came in, and then Garoppolo went down, and Purdy's been a stud. So like they go out and win a Super Bowl with Purdy. Like they're in a situation themselves. So there's a lot of looming things that are happening depending on wins or losses. And curious at how it happens. But bottom line is, um, 
Uh, I, I say that the Cowboys cover their spread at two and a half. Um, I say 45 and a half. They're probably the over on yeah. this game. Um, me personally, that's what I, I think. I think I would go over, and I, I, I think it's going to be Dallas, too. I don't know why. I just think Dallas is going to somehow win the game. Brady, again, is probably going to put up 400 yards. <laughs> it's just... I, I His year was crazy. If four, so wild. 490 for 733. 4,694 yards and 25 TDs. Third in the league in, in yards, I Dude, think. That's ridiculous, at man. 45. Dude, it's um, a stud. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And no offensive line. Like, no one. And then on the... So, again, so if that pans out with our picks, right? San Francisco wins. Um, Dallas wins, right? San Francisco plays Dallas. And then Minnesota Or the plays Giants plays Philly. Hold on, let's see where the seeds are here. Oh, no, Minnesota's the three, Dallas is the five. So Dallas would actually play... So if Dallas... Or the Bucks win, they or play. Or the Bucks win, they play Philly. Oh, that's better for the 49ers. Uh, 49ers would, would oh, host the Vikings. That's way better for the 49ers. 49ers has a better route then. Uh, yeah, the 49ers seem like they have a pretty easy route. They get two home games for sure. If they Obviously, if they beat Seattle... Um, the Eagles are sitting home getting healthy. I think if they have another shot at Dallas, they didn't. They had Minshew when they played them on um, uh, Christmas Eve. And, good, so and granted, Minshew didn't play bad, but still. No. I mean, Hurts is just in a, in a different league, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then if somehow Tampa wins that game, Tampa going to Philly could just be like... Who wins MVP, by the way? Just Mahomes. Yeah, all right. That's right. That's not even close. Unfortunately, yeah. but it's, it's Mahomes. Um, I, I still think Hertz deserves it because the I mean his his numbers uh, per game are insane. Right. Um, but I mean Mahomes ends up the on the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league, whatever you want to say. With them in Philly, um, he's the best quarterback numbers wise in the league. His numbers are insane. What did he have? Forty. His numbers are. He had the highest. He had the most passing yards, I think, in the league. Yeah, I mean, his, so he had five thousand two hundred and fifty yards. I mean, yeah. That's ridiculous, dude. His numbers are. And he left. And Tariq left. That's wild. He had five thousand two hundred and fifty yards, and he had forty-one touchdowns. Uh, How many picks? Twelve. Picks are up this year. Yeah, I was gonna say very, very kind of like sneakily up this year. And when you look at the top ten, uh, Jared Goff had seven interceptions. Wow, he was the lowest in the top ten. Yeah, he got shit on. He's pretty good. He was, I mean, forty four hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns. He had a better, better year. And Jamison Williams, they're gonna be better on offense. He had a better year statistically than Brady. That's great. Which is. I mean, when you start thinking about it, he had a better year than Josh Allen. I mean, he had less touchdowns, but he had better QBR and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think Mahomes wins. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Who think, gets defensive player then, Nick Bosa? Yeah, Bosa. Bosa, right. I think Bosa's going to get it. Um, I mean, I wish I well, wish. Offensive Judon... rookie of the year, uh, they, they, they talked about, uh, you know, like, they were like, oh, uh, offensive rookie of the year. First six games, Chris Olave. S- second half, Garrett Wilson. And the last half, uh, the last third, um, what's his name from Seattle? The Walker. Back. Yeah, Walker. So who knows? I think it's, it is between those three. Dude, of the year. I mean, he wouldn't. It's not. I don't think he even qualifies to win it. But Purdy should probably get some votes. Yeah. 
like in in some way, some fashion. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And I'm sorry, I'm lo- I'm just looking at the stats right now. He's like now. 107 QBR. Mac QBR. Jones had 2,900 yards. That's bad. Um, That's bad. <laughs> yeah, he had less than. Ramondre did have 1,400 yards. Though. He had uh, less good. than Tua, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, and Davis Mills. I just and Matt Ryan. All right. I'm done here. Matt Ryan played 12 games. Mac Jones played 14. So that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, I think I think Bosa is probably going to win it. Uh, Fitzpatrick will probably get some votes. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick from Pittsburgh. Parsons will Parsons, probably get some votes. I think I think uh, Judon will get some votes. Yeah, Judon will probably end up like top five or something like that. He ended up really high in the in the stats. Even but, Watt, um, well, even though he he's a force when he's sacks. on. on uh, and what's his name? He should should get more. Um, Max Crosby from uh, the Raiders. He actually was like top three in sacks this year. Yeah, uh, he had a monster season. Uh, he's just good every year. He yep. just goes flies under the radar. Yeah, he's like stupid motor. He's yeah. like basically JJ Watt with tattoos. Mm. <laughs> Is like right. how, how he how he gets looked. He looks at. like he's wanted for about three runners. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting interesting week again. I think some of these games could get. A little lopsided, a little out of control. We could obviously be completely wrong there. We could come back in, you know, the week after and look at it and like, hey, the Giants beat the hell out of the Vikings and, you know, Miami won on a last second field goal because Tyreek went for, you know, 220 <laughs> and three right. TD, you know, like, right. um, it's the NFL. So we're, we're, we're going to be wrong on at least at least one of those at the very least. I would say at least two or three yeah. games were probably wrong, yep. right? Because there's what six games, like yeah. If That's the NFL for you. Yeah, fifty percent. If you're fifty percent, you're actually not doing that bad. Um, and I don't I don't even think he listens to this, but shout out uh, Jeff Sanat. He won our um, our spread pick'em uh, you know thing for the year. He actually hosts the the competition and he won it. Uh, he was 62% on the year against the spread. That's ridiculous. 62 the whole we picked every single game. He was 62% when I when I looked at it and that's I did good. the numbers out. Dude, that's really good. I, I mean, he only won whatever he won from our pool. I don't know, what was it was like 800 bucks something like that. Maybe a little bit more than that. If he bet every single game, he would have won a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Like 62% is really really hard to do. You're picking every single game. Um so yeah, uh, but yeah, a lot, lot of um, basketball upcoming, a lot of football this week. Obviously, with um, the Celtics and PC, we're gonna have a busy you know, January going into February as well, and then NFL winding down, and then going right into March Madness, maybe. Yeah, right into March Madness, right into the NFL draft, right into the combine, all of that stuff. So kind of a busy, uh, busy playoffs. sports schedule coming up. Them NBA playoffs, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I, I honestly, as we wrap it up, I just happened to switch over to the box score of the Celtics and just it was crazy. J- Jalen Brown shot 15 for 21. He was plus 18. That's crazy. And yeah. and Malcolm Brogdon, everyone, like, keep uh Mr. forgetting consistency yeah, too. Forgetting to give that guy some credit. 20 points off the bench again. Um, he's definitely been a huge uh, part of our success. Zero starts. He hasn't started a game this year with or without any of the guys in the lineup, the injuries. I don't even think he wants to start, which is actually really good. Other Williams didn't even play tonight. Big Williams. We just talked about him. I know. So, he get a rest night, and so Smart didn't play either. He's a little banged up. So, still getting dubs. 
that is uh that is the end of episode 13 anything else before we sign off no man go seas go friars go bruins let's go um and go patriots make some moves yeah please, do something please please, please <laughs> make some moves because I, I mean we all know that they're not they're not going to make them faster or swift or anything like that so we'll probably be talking about this in like july but please make some moves do something yeah um all right man good episode yeah man have Catch a good night, everyone guys. next week later <laughs>